0: the christmas tree up last night
1: oh yeah in the old in the old america the old holidays start a bit sooner because you have thanksgiving don't you next week
0: yeah that's usually the barrier between um halloween and christmas i guess or like christmas begins or like the day after thanksgiving or that you know that weekend um and la- that's what i did last last year was was that but this year um we've got like some family in town this week and uh both of the kids are here and so it's like let's go get the tree out you know put it up and so we th- threw on some uh some uh charlie brown christmas you know you know the the peanuts the the, the, the were you streaming it on uh, apple yeah. or did you have it uh, I, I, was, I was well not not the show no just the the, the music the um
1: oh okay yeah yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah so put that on put the tree up had a little little train below so that, was, that was cool that felt nice
1: yeah philips you and- announced on like
0: Yeah, they've got a, they've got Christmas lights, Lights. HomeKit, like, like the, we've, uh, you know, I've always had a tree on a smart switch. This year, I don't have anything HomeKit set up, but just my Apple TV and HomePod. But um, I've always done the tree on a a smart switch. So it's like the timer, you know, goes on and off and you can, you can tell it, you know, you can sell it to turn on and off. And um, years ago, I would put a little Sonos Play One speaker below the tree and you'd hear Christmas music or whatever, but you wouldn't quite know where it was coming from. And it was really neat. Now we've got home for that, uh, and 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 then even the white one would be kind of key, like a little snowman or a little snowball. But yeah, the tree is the, the, the Hue light. I think it's pretty expensive for yeah, what it it's like is. Yeah, that's one fifty. Could, yeah, but you've got. I, I assume
1: you've got commands of you know brightness and and color and, color and maybe and different effects. Yeah, I, I think you get most of the value from just a smart switch kind of situation because we you normally know, put our tree just on a on a, on a you know. You pl- a plug-in HomeKit plug thing, and it's good enough for turn-on and turn-off. Because generally, I don't think you need to change the colour around that much. Like, you set it up once, then you leave it. But obviously, yeah, if you've got the money, it's cool to have the full. You, you the full can get cable. RGB lights that change colours, you know, and have different modes. Yeah, and you can put them on, a, on an adapter or whatever on a HomeKit, yeah. a HomeKit plug if you want. Do you the do one thing, thing that still annoys me, uh-huh. in the Home app, if you, if you have a smart plug, yeah. you go into the, the, you, you can make it display as a light, but the, the icon options, they don't have a Christmas tree option. Really? Still. Yep. Still? Still. Oh, yeah. The third-party apps do that. Like the... the um, I forget how home... The home app that was before the home app rebranded. Yes, they do it, yeah. And yeah. with the iOS 16 home app, they let you have a lot more options for room icons. Like there's like loads you can choose from if you want to choose an icon for the room, but the accessories yeah. are still limited. So there's only 15 options for light icons and none of them are a Christmas tree. Do you do, you do, a, do, you do a real tree or a... We have, Well... Know. Kind of varies, but they know I, really, I only have yeah. a fate tree. But yeah. Yeah. And it, it, does it snow where you live? Does it snow? Um occasionally. Yeah,
0: I'm getting I'm getting generally in the just cold. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm getting in the spirit, is what it is Yeah. <laughs> uh cool. All right. This week we've got some Apple stuff to talk about, uh beginning with airdrop in China. This changed uh th- I think nine to five Mac was the first to notice it. Felipe Esposito wrote about it. We were tipped about it and um, the reader said you know hey in china apple has changed uh airdrop to be you can you can turn airdrop off you can have airdrop for contacts only or you can have airdrop for everyone and apple has changed the everyone option the way it functions to be everyone for
1: 10 minutes and then it goes back to Contact contacts only, only or off Yeah, yeah so it kind of works in china now like the um bluetooth and wi-fi toggles in control center because they're like yeah they can turn them off but they're only off temporarily um and this is off now it's 10 minutes only and there's there's some context here so in china airdrop was being obviously they have the great firewall which pre, which prevents a lot of free speech um and so their access to social media is limited the world wide web is like narrow yeah <laughs> yeah and if you post stuff that goes against the regime uh, bad news right um so that's that's obviously a rough situation and for a while people have been using airdrop as a way to kind of spread information very like virally almost in the literal sense of the word In that if you're nearby people just spread a propaganda image or you know advice image um over airdrop to anybody that had airdrop turned on nearby and without it's peer-to-peer local yeah. network yeah. the government <laughs> wouldn't know about it essentially right um yeah. no paper trail yeah no paper trail Uh, kind of and and if you go to the rest of the world you'd get a similar experience in like airports and stuff but generally just like not not important things like the you know the state of your country just like rubbish spam or you know even sometimes there's a you know um, explicit imagery and stuff that people try and share over airdrop to everybody because yeah they just abuse it and this has come up in news stories on and off in like airports and on planes and because if you have airdrop set on you, if you someone else airdrops a image to you, it just immediately adds it to your photo library and shows you it. So like, you, and sometimes it, gives, it lets you like say yes or no, but even in the yes or no dialogue, it still shows you a thumbnail. So if you're sending a photo via airdrop and you have your airdrop open, you pretty much can send it to whoever you want. Uh, so what's happened now is in China, they've changed it. So the everyone option is now everyone for 10 minutes. There's no option to keep it on permanently on everyone. And the implication is they were forced to do this by pressure from the chinese government who don't like the everyone who don't like airdrop in general and so the compromise is well now you can do everyone but only for 10 minutes so you can't just leave the everyone status on all day long every single day you have to intentionally turn it on and then remember to intentionally turn it on again in terms of um stuff Apple's done to comply with chinese requirements or pressure this is probably on the slightly better end of the scale because at least the everyone option still exists because, I mean, they could have just got rid of everyone entirely and made it contacts only if they really wanted to suppress it. Um, so at least it's still there. And then the other part of this news is that Apple, um, Bloomberg asked Apple about this and they confirmed that, yeah, it's in China now for 16.1.1 as 9.5 Mac have covered. And also the fact that it's going to the everyone uh, for 10 minutes option is going to roll out globally uh, in 2023. So probably with iOS 17. And, and
0: even more context, I don't know that we know the answer, but well a few things so first you know I, I just kind of the question of like as a feature is this good or bad because a lot of people if you look at it with other contexts of china and the reasons it was changed then it's like oh that would actually be a pretty good option because off you don't get airdrop contacts kind of means work sometimes and then everyone means will probably work you know because even if you have the same context it's, it's kind of
1: loosey-goosey the, as the problem with the contacts not. option is that i think it works by like email address and so yeah. if you have like you know, if, if I have benjamin at gmail.com and you add yeah. me as a contact with benjamin at googlemail.com, even though the email gets the same place, it doesn't know sure. it's just in the same contact. So yeah. they don't have the kind of like unification um, so, feature. So that, before like, it's I, like... because iMessage will combine your threads, right? Whether you're doing by phone number, email, or various emails, it combines it all into one contact thread, um, which was a the feature they added around like iOS 12, iOS 13. But the, say, the yeah, took while, but yeah. yeah, the airdrop contacts detection doesn't work like that. It's looking for like exact match of phone number or email address and so on the email side you have obviously variants and then on the phone number side it depends whether you've added them with the plus you know with the area code with the plus on the front or no area code so that's where it gets a bit loosey-goosey so a lot of people i think just use airdrop with it totally turned I, on I,
0: I always have it for everyone for that reason um, yeah. and you know i think for my kids devices i put it on contacts only you know, for obvious reasons but for me i just have it on everyone because it's the most reliable um so so if you if you Add the option to have everyone for 10 minutes. I think that's a pretty good one because you can say like, okay, we're going, we're going to airdrop each other something, or, you know, I'm going to airdrop you something, make sure airdrop is on, which is something that people actually say, and rather than do everyone and then forget to turn it off, you do everyone for 10 minutes and then it goes back to context only. That's pretty good. But the context of it being mandatory, um, not, not as good and, or I'd say bad. And then, um, in, so in China, it's not that it's a new option. It's that it's the way it works now. Do you have a sense of of if it's going to be the new way it works globally? Like if Apple's vision is like, this actually is the better option for everybody for consistency as well? Or do you think this is going to be like a setting toggle for the US and, and UK? Unclear. And Australia.
1: Australia. I could see them do it globally. Uh, just make it the new default for everyone. But yeah, cause, because you do have those stories pop up in the US media of like people just getting spammed through airdrop when they don't want it and that kind of thing. Um, but if you do everyone for t- only for 10 minutes it does kind of get annoying like i have airdrop on everyone and i don't frequent airports that often so i guess i don't really have this, this the spam issue and it's is just quite convenient that i know it's good, that my device is going to appear for the other person if they want to airdrop me something so i'd kind of hope that the airdrop uh permanently option for everyone remained but maybe it's like the new default is everyone for 10 minutes and you have to maybe explicitly turn on or turn off the the ten minute limiter that' maybe be yeah. where I'd land on that, because I do think there's value in having edge up on for everyone still especially in like classrooms and stuff like uh with um managed devices, you know there's no real risk in like if if a, if a student's going to try and abuse it, they can abuse it on contacts only or everyone. The only difference is one might not work reliably in the cases where you do want to use it, you know, so I feel like having every, removing everyone in um unrestrained entirely would be unfortunate so hopefully it's not that and maybe that's why this thing is taking longer to roll out because it's literally in 16.1.1 for china and so it'd be kind of weird if it takes another six months to come out around the world and the features identical so maybe there is some more subtle and you know settings that that come with it yeah because
0: i another thing was like you know question i had was like why, why will it take so much time for next year but that makes perfect sense to me as if it's they, they're doing it with as an option versus this is the
1: only way it works now yeah it doesn't take them that long I'm to saying. get some text localized into <laughs> different languages yeah so i assume and, the, the functionality yeah. will change maybe if this is coming as part of like ios 17 the kind of airdrop interface is changing as well to make it more obvious like you can because sure. em- like, right now airdrop the airdrop setting isn't even visible in control center by default you have to like long press on that little four quadrant you know tile in the top left and then the airdrop settings are revealed so maybe in 17 they're going to make it more prominent because then it's easier to turn it on and off you know ad hoc
0: as as for you know you made the comment that um you think that in terms of apple's uh responding to to china's demands this is this is pretty good versus you know some of the things that they just totally shut out like removing certain apps from the app store etc um or you know the situation with the the servers in china that the government can access well, Deleting complicated, the time but...
1: flag, that kind of stuff
0: yeah yeah there's a lot of that um you're you're i, I think that you're right in that this is a compromise solution because you know it wasn't just one or the other it's something in the middle but effectively it it is just removing it because the the utility of having it as a mass distribution thing for like a big public area you know is before you could do it. i mean you'd have to say everyone turn on their drop for you know and then it's then it's more like opt-in compliance
1: for what you're trying to distribute and before, yeah, the, the passive know. nature of it is destroyed by this change. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, eh, I mean, I don't, it, I don't, I don't like love all that the Chinese it, features. But... The thing is, at some point, if Apple didn't do what China wanted, they just wouldn't be able to sell the phones anymore. So it's like you, is this, you're always going to have that debate of, well, should Apple just get out of the country, or should they just offer the phones under the local restrictions? And they obviously always go for the latter option because it's financially beneficial to them. But oh, I mean, it's, you're never really going to get a firm response to like a a, a clear-cut version of that under an authoritarian regime it's just like well you're getting out entirely in which case nobody can enjoy the iphone at all or you have to enjoy the iphone under the restrictions of the country so i mean i don't like it but it's just the kind of reality you know we are sponsored this week by tailscale typically setting up a virtual private network is time consuming and requires a lot of it support to configure and manage but it doesn't have to be that way. That's where TailScale comes in and you can get 12 months of TailScale Personal Pro for free with code 9to5Mac. Just get a TailScale account for free, install and authenticate TailScale on at least two devices and connect them to create a tailnet. And that's it. TailScale runs anywhere, letting you create a secure mesh network, enabling you to easily manage access to private resources and give teams or individuals secure access to resources without exposing them to the entire internet. And connections between devices on your Tailscale network are automatically authenticated and encrypted. And developers can use Tailscale SSH to initiate connections between devices without having to worry about carefully managing, rotating and revoking SSH keys. Uh, I've actually been looking into how to get my Synology NAS accessible from anywhere without expo- exposing a load of ports on the router. And that's just one of the things that you can achieve with the Tailscale network. Uh, they have a pre-made package for Synology, so setup is super simple. So that's Tailscale, the simple VPN service. Go to tailscale.com to find out more and use code 95MAC for 12 months free of Personal Pro plan. Thanks to Tailscale for sponsoring the show. All right, a little bit more HomeKit talk.
0: That earlier wasn't really planned. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, how's Matter going? How's Thread going? How's uh, have you updated your HomeKit uh, architecture yet? What's going on? What's how you doing?
1: My architecture remains unupdated because i haven't got my original home pods on the beta and i was looking doing some research on the home subreddit and people who have upgraded on the betas to 16.2 architecture are um let's say universally satisfied a lot of people are actually reporting that it's buggier than they had before so i'm not jumping to upgrade on that basis also people it, is, it saying, is in beta it yeah. is in beta yeah it is not it's not out yet but it doesn't seem like it's a surefire win either right now. Uh, we'll see what happens right. when it comes out for real, of course, and a lot more people start changing to it. Apple is obviously confident in it because it like pops up when you open the Home app and tells you do you want to do it. Um, and similarly, on the HomeKit subreddit, there's also been a lot of complaints about people who have adopted a load of Thread devices. So if they bought a load of the Thread light switches that have come out recently for the HomeKit support, and they attach them to the network, they've also had reliability issues. With those, the problem with trying to ascertain like a a trend from the HomeKit subreddit is people always go on there to complain that stuff's not working because that's like the natural thing to do. You don't really see the percentage of people that it works for, see? For so it's unclear at the moment whether this is widespread or minor, but it's certainly true that if you if you go all in on thread, you're not guaranteed to have a flawless experience. So this is something to just keep eyes on. People also complain about issues with Wi-Fi and um, Bluetooth HomeKit accessories that I don't replicate, like my. My experience with HomeKit to date has been pretty solid, um but obviously, if you go on the HomeKit subreddit, that's a very concentrated area for people to voice their discontent. But I just thought it was interesting that sixteen point two new architecture isn't like the be or an end or at least not yet. Yeah, hey, uh, Mayo. I yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey,
0: listen, yeah, listen, hey. If you if you go on the HomeKit subreddit and you ask a question, you know what the most common response is?
1: Mm, no, no response. No response. No, no response. response. <laughs> <laughs> carry it. on as you were <laughs> um last week's episode i discussed the eve uh, motion sensor which i got which is thread, which is thread supported and i got the apple tv 4k which obviously is the thread router and the fact that the motion sensor would not connect the over thread to home no matter what i tried it's supposed to happen automatically but it wasn't happening instead it was just connecting over wi-fi or bluetooth well naturally as soon as we post the episode i checked again and it had randomly started connecting with a thread instead no i can give you no advice on how i managed to make it happen i just left it alone and eventually it figured itself out so there you go so if if you have any an eve thing and you want to get connected via thread and not the other stuff maybe try restarting your home hub or just waiting around and eventually it'll get there and then finally i've now installed the eve outdoor cam that i was discussing uh, it's actually pretty good and i'll talk about it more in a couple of weeks probably when i've just got a bit more time to see the ongoing reliability and stuff like that but i'd say most of my criticisms of the product are more related to um, limitations in home kit video especially around like the granularity of notifications and choosing that stuff uh not the actual hardware itself the hardware itself seems pretty rock solid and uh, the person that installed it for me said it was a very nicely made piece of kit so i'll talk about that more in a future episode yeah our, Colleague Michael
0: Podek had a Humpkit uh, video camera that he just had a lot of issues with, and the solution he ended up talking with somebody. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I think the company was in the Tatmo, but he ended up talking to somebody from the uh, support, and they they resolved the issue for him. And the issue was that the camera supports SD card for storing files. Uh, I don't think it was being used, but just the presence of an SD card in the camera was was giving you the no response problem in Humpkit Secure Video, and so. He learned that, like literally, removing the SD card resolved, I think, his issue completely. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. So that's pretty. hilarious. If, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> and yeah, Apple actually launched a new feature this week. Technically,
0: yeah, yeah, this is uh, the the promised satellite feature in in the um, in the US and Canada. This is the new feature for the iPhone 14 and 14 Pro, where if you're out of signal, out of range of of a cell signal, uh, the phones are the first to talk to a satellite network, uh, in earth, in low earth orbit. And, um, you're able to send a message and location, you know, have an emergency phone call without having an emergency satellite phone for that situation. And, you know, we, we talked a bit before about, you know, obviously when this comes out, people are going to be reporting in a lot of fake emergencies. Uh, you know, we, we learned that there was going to be a kind of a demo, um, walk through in the app so you can simulate what would happen without actually um, signaling a bunch of call centers and, uh, pinging the satellites when you don't need to, I guess. And it, it, I've done the, 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 the demo and it's really cool. It's, um, you know, I, I guess maybe it does ping the satellite in that case, because it wants you to not only like have a free access to the open sky with no obstructed view, but also literally point in a certain direction. So, you know, you might, you might end up turning around entirely, and it's like the the phone's direction that's pointing in. You know, is 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 important for that to work. And um, that, that's it's it's a neat demo. I kind of want to do it some more. I just did it the one time when it was first coming out just to get a, an experience of the walkthrough. But um, you know, it, it it simulates the the experience of talking to someone on emergency services. Um, it tells you pretty clearly like this is this is a sample, this is a demo, so you know it isn't live, and no one mistakes it for that. Um, but it, it it's. It really they've done a nice, a nice job design wise for making a feature like this that I guess could be very utilitarian. They've made it very, it's just very familiar, you know. It, it looks like using iOS, but you also know that it's just, this is the emergency mode. Yeah, it like so.
1: simulates like an iMessage conversation with the um, like UI treatment that you would get in real emergency SOS mode with like the gray bubbles and stuff and the, the warnings, and it does the full notifications with the little banners of directing you to hold up the satellite to the sky in the right place. Um, yeah for tr- full transparency i didn't actually get to try this because it's not available in my region yet i just saw right. it on a, a youtube video but then what was really surprising to me is that because when i saw there was going to be a demo test mode i thought oh it, you're going to like you know hold your phone up th- with the clear view of the sky and then it will like tell you that it's connected to a satellite and that'll be yeah like, the demo. It. but what happens is you do that and then it takes you into this iMessage experience and you like have a fake conversation with what is essentially like a chatbot about like you pretend oh what's your emergency and you can say like you know my tap my car's broken down and then it even has some like specific answers for certain things so it can ask you like specifically this like fake chatbot oh um what is the issue with your car and, they, and the person in the youtube video is like flat time it's like you know make sure you move to the side of the road blah, blah, blah. so they put a lot of effort into this like example thing which i think is great because obviously you know for us this week it's just cool to test the new and shiny feature in the fm 14 but in a more practical sense if you are somebody who's going who thinks they're going to be you know needing this feature in the future going outside of of cell signal and service you want to get an idea about what you have to do if the worst happens and this gives you a very close representation of what you need to do when if you do get into the you know in the worst case you get into a situation and you're panicking about all sorts of things at least you've had a chance to know what the iPhone experience can be like before so you don't have to be confronted with that for the first time you can actually do a trial run in advance which is pretty close to what the real thing would be like so yeah I was very impressed and, and, with what they've done here.
0: Yeah, and the fact that it is like using iMessage, you're already familiar with that interface. If you're if you're using this for that reason, correct um, me if I'm wrong, when you set up an iPhone 14, uh, the beginning, and I, I believe you you had a message about satellite service coming. Yep. Satellite service coming soon.
1: Yeah. So and... when you set up the iPhone 14 or any iPhone, it tells you about the emergency SOS features in a little like panel. And before, obviously, it would only mention you know full detection and and car crash and and just hold down the button to call emergency sos and um, but even on my phone in the uk where it wasn't previously announced to be available at all one of the options there was um emergency sos via satellite coming later this year or whatever or whatever it's right and i i think that was just like accident but it was like localized it said coming this like later this autumn or whatever rather than later this fall so like it was regionalized for the for britain but i think it was just like a a bug where it was only been to show for us but anyway it did actually show up on that panel and now it turns out that it is launching in the uk later this later this autumn uh, because in that same press release uh they revealed that it's coming to the uk france germany and ireland in december so sometime next month we'll be able to do this too
0: cool um and, and what i'm wondering is you know i, I have not erased my phone and, and set it from scratch but i'm wondering now if when you set it up because they did even include the preview before of like is, this is a thing coming soon if they prompt you or have some maybe like a mini demonstration of how it works at setup
1: mm. so that
0: you're exposed to that you know in the way or at that least use than
1: explaining about what it is yeah
0: right you know they used to do that with true tone where you could See Trish on and off. You couldn't turn it off, but you could see Trish on and turn it off, and that was just like a. You can preview
1: it being disabled. Demonstration if of If you yeah. actually want to disable it, you have to dive into settings <laughs> after the fact, yeah. Yeah, which I can. Um, uh- <laughs> and then the, the, the big question mark with this feature, because I mean, who can complain? Like, you get a new phone, it has this satellite thing, and it, it's, it's amazing. And if you get into trouble, you might actually be able to use it and be helpful. And even if you're not in trouble trouble, you can use the satellite network to report your location in the Find My app. So if, if you are going off, off hike and, you know, you're just doing some casual hiking, you go out and sell service, but you want to just let someone know that you're safe and you've arrived, you can just ping your location and it'll send it over the Find My Network, which is nice. Um, but the big question mark is that this service is currently free and it's free for two years from the beginning of the service going live. So anybody bought an iPhone 14 in September, the two years starts from now in the US. And then for me, it will start in December because that's when it goes live in my region. And then any you know, ongoing purchase for an iPhone 14, you get free for two years. Um, the big question mark is what happens after those two years are up? Because Apple hasn't announced any word on pricing or what they're gonna do after the fact. Because there are some awkward situations there where like, is this really a feature people are gonna buy up front? And then what if it feels kind of cruel that if someone gets into an emergency that they could actually contact someone by satellite apps would be like, well, you haven't paid for this thing, so we're not gonna let you do it. Like maybe there's a I don't know, like a you can do it for free, but then you have to pay later or something. That I feel like there's a lot of complexity there that wouldn't exist at all if they just made this a free feature. But I can understand a little bit why it costs money because, you know, if you get sat- dedicated satellite devices, they cost a lot of money with like monthly subscriptions and stuff. They are obviously paying, you know, hundreds of million dollars to this global star company to run satellites that are doing that are supporting this feature and they have the local relay centers. So I can understand a bit why it's not just totally for free, but I do think it's a little a little slimy that they haven't kind of told you what the pricing is going to be like leaving it just like oh it's free for now it's like all great and dandy but then in two years time we're going to be hit with the reality of the unknown so i do kind of wish they would have at least given some outline of what the pricing structure is going to be today so we could yeah but they haven't said a word
0: yeah maybe they do the uh friday night baseball strategy where they say free for a period and it just ends up being free for a long time and we still don't know like what MLB Friday Night Baseball Yeah, MLB would cost will if... come back
1: next season on TV+, Plus and it might be free again. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that's the same thing with emergency satellite, possibly. Yeah. I think uh, maybe they... a lot of people, expect them to be like, well, it's just a free part of Apple One subscription or something, but I don't know. I, I, I think they, like, yes, Apple likes money, but are they really going to, like, disable a feature wholesale if you really, really need it in an emergency and your phone has the hardware, it can connect to a satellite? There has to be some leeway there to, like, pay a pay in after the fact or something you know yeah
0: paying per use would make sense but it also feels i mean like as long as you opted in i guess like you know what you wouldn't want to learn about the paper use after you used it and they do you know i guess they people send a bill for like helicopter rescue if you get stuck on a mountain um but pay per use would make sense uh don't think you'd i don't when it becomes something that you pay for up front and then maybe you maybe don't like insurance, then, uh, that's a, it's it's a way, it's just way less interesting then. And it's a, a lot yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. If they could just offer it as a free thing, it would be like hard to criticize in the slightest. But
0: yeah, and, the... and did they they did a press release last week or so where they were, you know, this is a four hundred fifty million dollar investment or whatever in this company that that does this satellite stuff. So. And, it seemed like one of their invests in the u s press releases uh, um, it, it, even though it there's cost at scale, i, I you know I, I'm just thinking is it is the actual cost the connectivity potential, or does it cost more to have it used because you know the problem of of making it free is there is a lot of cost at scale, but the at scale problem shrinks when it's just actual use and not actual but you know potential use so
1: we'll see yeah hopefully they can figure out something that feels fair there we are also sponsored this week by rocket money are you wasting money on subscriptions 80 percent of people have subscriptions that they have forgotten about and especially at the moment how all these services keep bumping up their prices so cutting down really can save you a significant chunk of change i mean if you're not using them why are you paying for them Because you forget and there's not a good way to keep track. Maybe for you it's an unused Amazon Prime account or a streaming service that you no longer watch. Well, there's an app to help and stop you from wasting money on subscriptions that you don't even use. I think it's a great idea. You might have even heard it before. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. Go to rocketmoney.com slash happy hour and download the app. Sign up and the app simply shows you all of your subscriptions in one place. So nothing's hidden anymore. You can then use the app to cancel whatever you don't want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions that you don't know you were paying for or instances where you've been double charged for a subscription and didn't realize it was happening. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press the cancel button in the app. Rocket Money takes care of the rest. And it also acts as a monitor for subscriptions that you do want to keep, like notifying you when an existing subscription goes up in price or it can even remind you when free trials are about to end. So get rid of useless subscriptions today with Rocket Money right now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash happyhour. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash happy hour. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash happy hour. Thanks to Rocket Money for sponsoring the show. Next up, we've got
0: some actual new changes in iOS 16.2. This is the third beta version of the upcoming software update for iPhone and iPad. Uh, We had a fun update yesterday as we record, which was a rapid security response parent a in parentheses test <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the text sounded pretty serious you know, this is a critical security update uh, for your phone uh, i i suspected that maybe this was just a test of the new feature in ios 16 the rapid security response uh feature and i think we, we were able to verify that 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 was the case it wasn't actually a bug fix or something that was seriously wrong with ios 16.2 beta, beta 3 um and, and then the way it worked was it did show up as like this thing showed up as a software update in general, uh, in, in settings, general software update, rebooted your phone, and then you could look in the iOS version uh, in settings in the on, on the about section, and then you would see the current iOS version and build number. And then this was a separate listing there that you could remove, separate build, separate listing with the option to remove it. Um, and and i believe the way rapid security response is supposed to work is that you if there is a major vulnerability and apple can deliver a fix for it that doesn't touch the firmware of the device then they're able to send this out assuming you've opted in for it
1: yeah so i think it's on by default when hmm. installing normal ios major version updates it's off by default because the idea is you're just getting a security fix and it will it doesn't require, like, a big download or you to, like, confirm or anything. You just, it, it would, like, download it in the background and install it for you the next time your phone reboots or whatever. So it's basically, if there's a really big issue, you don't have to wait for a whole new iOS upgrade version. They can just push a little, like, fix patch to the, to the devices. Rapid Security Response is new in iOS 16 overall, and we haven't actually seen it used yet. This was obviously their, like, testing ground to make sure that it does work if they do need it. And it's on the Mac as well in, in Ventura.
0: Though I I found a iPad, Mac at least. I presume it's everywhere. Yeah, the whole Pod, everywhere.
1: The TVOS actually had a, a a bug fix. It wasn't a security bug, but it came out this week to fix a funny issue where if you had the 128 gigabyte Apple TV, yeah, after you downloaded 64 gigs worth of stuff, it would say you're out of space. <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> so Cool. if you try to download loads of apps on the apple tv it wouldn't work but the 0.1.1 1. 1 fix is, is sort of app that's fine. you can use all your space if you want to
0: uh, also new in 16.2 is the way that the always on display works on iphone 14 pro and yeah. pro max yeah and this is uh, i think there's two big things from launch that we sort of settled on as, as things that they could touch and improve on um you know the, the the big thing from people was that it's too on for some people's preferences compared to the way that Android does it, where they just list the clock and some notifications. Um, this addresses that, where you now have the option. It doesn't it isn't like it's they've replaced the way that it works, but you now have the option to, um, you know, before you could turn on or off always on display, it was a setting under display and um and, and text I guess, and and then now it's always on display on or off. If it's on, you can optionally turn off the wallpaper or turn off notifications or both so you get a black screen off basically except it only lights up the pixels on this on display of the of the time there's a home indicator yeah we any widgets and the home indicator at the bottom <laughs> so that was kind of funny uh and then notifications is a separate toggle so i guess you could do only notifications uh which which would be fine so uh, th- but this is kind of cool I, I tried it out just to you know see what it's like um I guess definitely less distracting. Uh it's exactly what people wanted to have it's an option. It gives you control. It's not even just you know, have, having the two options out there I think is 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 better than just the one. Um so so wallpaper or notifications or both. Um I like it, but it's not I, I like the way that it works by default better. I think it's impressive. Um, um I got used to it after, you know, a week or so and the utility, you know. This is like the compromise between you want to get that extra battery life, you know, the gains that you, you might be losing out on or you want the utility of this thing. I like the niceness of seeing the wallpaper as kind of personalization of the phone. Um, and it using it with wallpaper off is just kind of drab for me. It was just like mm, kind of not not as exciting. And if they had launched that way, then I think it would, we would have been like, oh, it's cool. They finally did that thing that they did on Android. But the way that they actually did it, would, where it works like the watch display uh, and shows you know full color uh is is much
1: more impressive the, the full color mu- is much better at leaving a lasting impact like yeah it's so much more memorable and i think somewhat useful like it's just cool and like the utility definitely comes in the notifications and live activities part which i guess you can optionally just leave on in this state but just having the wallpaper there now i feel like if it went fully black like if i've tried it with turning the toggles off that feels more broken to me than it working how it's been working since september where you just see your your lock screen but it's a bit dimmer and I was kind of anticipating them to add a a, a a setting for this because so many of the reviews that came out of launch were like, we turned the always on display off, which is never Completely a good sign. Completely off, yeah. It's like yeah. all of the, you know, embargo reviews, I'd say 80% of them were like, we turned the always on display off. That's probably not not great uh, equilibrium to be in when you're Apple. And it really reminded me of the macro thing from last year where everybody was like, we turned the macro mode off because it was just getting in the way. And then, you know, sure enough, a couple of OS updates later, they added a full toggle system for the macro mode. And then this year again, now in 16.2, you can turn off the wallpaper being on and you can just have the boring old time. And if you're coming from an Android phone or if you're like, use both an Android phone and an iPhone, as a lot of reviewers do, it might make sense to just make them work the same. I.e. You just get boring time in both places. Uh, but I, I personally believe that if you're just an iPhone user and you have an iPhone 14, you shouldn't turn these things off because I think it's a lot cooler and it's nice to embrace the full color wallpaper and it's a really cool effect. And I don't think it has a big hit on battery life, but if it really bothers you, I'm not going to judge you for turning those toggles off. And now you can get just the clock and you can be happy about it.
0: Yeah, I've, I like full color. Uh, I've been doing just black and white images as my lock screen. Uh, I think, I think a, it looks nice, but also B it's a, it's a more subtle effect when it isn't always on mode when it's dim. Um, so I downloaded a bunch of, I I don't know. I I just had this idea last weekend, but I I had taken a picture of raindrops on my sunroof and it was kind of a cool close up of raindrops and water. And I turned it into black and white. It looked really cool on the screen. And I was like, I I want... I kind of want to do portraits and uh, I don't have any great portraits of my own, but I was like, what are some famous portraits, you know, black and white portrait photography or portraits that I can make black and white. Um, and so I just downloaded like some people I like, like um, I, I, I've, I've got one for Robin Williams. I've got one for Frankenstein and that one's cool. Cause it has, it, it, it picked up the depth from the photo automatically. So um, I guess there's enough space above it that it, it lets you put like Frankenstein's head above the clock. So that's neat. Um, I've got one for you know, comedian Red Fox. I've got one for uh, Jeff Bridges, and I, I like I like all of these, and I'm gonna keep adding to them, uh, and and maybe do a folder of these so it rotates through them. Uh, but that's I think finding a way to use it that makes sense for me that I think is, you know, using your kids or something is fine, or using your your partner um, or your dog or something you're into is fine. Uh, for for me, I think this is the best scenario where it's like I don't I don't feel like I need to go back to a default wallpaper when I post things publicly, if I don't want to post a photo of my kid, you know, on Twitter or something. So um, I like this. I like this and they're, they're nice, nice pictures. But overall, you know, great that the options there now, not for me, but it was an obvious one to do. The next thing though, is um, that you still don't have the, the ability to tap on a widget and launch it once the phone's unlocked. And I think there's still even that feeling for me of, Feel slower to pick up the phone, be sure it's activated, not in, in the dim mode, and then things are touchable, launchable. So they they don't show the flashlight, they don't show the camera until the phone's activated. But you do see the widgets, and you think you can tap them and, and access those, or even just go right into your phone and you swipe up, and you're not. You, if you don't swipe up enough, you're not there right from the bottom. So. I I turned off the raise to wake feature because I was tapping Mm. enough anyway that, that I felt like I needed to tap every time just to be sure. And, and that doesn't feel like a step back at all in the way that like, if you turn it off on the watch, it would be, you've got to tap it every time. That's not very useful. Um, But on the phone, it's fine because it's in my hand um, and I'm, and I'm tapping something on the phone. I'm usually not just looking at it. And I suppose the difference there would be notifications, how you have those set up. So if you have um, them to, to, to show all the time or only show when it's unlocked, uh, then, then that would be a difference. But I like the option of, I like it off because it's more, it's a more predictable behavior. And now I no longer feel like that hang mentally of is this on or off? Did the automatic part work? And it's just, did I tap it or not? Or did I click the button? Mostly, you, you generally just a tap um and, yeah and that's... in my case
1: i still have that um activity rings widget and so uh, i know when it's not when it's asleep or <laughs> awake yeah. because it still blanks out which is so annoying i wish they fixed that yeah yeah uh, but the
0: uh, one thing i i probably problem i have had is i've i don't know if this is new lately or not but well we'll back up a little bit well you know like, like i said i still want the watch behavior as an option where you know you tap it, it, it it's t- it's waiting for touch on a specific location when it's dimmed like the watch added eventually um, but something I am doing accidentally is either changing the volume of a podcast or music or an audiobook from the way I grab the phone and I guess my finger is on where the volume scrubber is and I slide it but I've also done that with placement in a podcast or audiobook oh and that is more frustrating because it's not like a shake to undo or three finger tap equivalent of like don't go back to what it was it's you've just got to manually fix it and having that happen on the lock screen the lock screen is the part where you want to be careful not to do things on accident and that's probably why they don't do the touch sensitivity part also maybe battery life initially
1: on the dimmed mode i think in the dim Um, mode the touch sensors run at a very reduced rate because it only detects a tap when it uh, like if you do like a swipe gesture from the middle of the screen it doesn't it's like it doesn't have a clue what's going on right and, and even if you do like a you know you can do the swipe up thing and that's it's where they show the indicator the there but you yeah. can only swipe up from the very bottom like you swipe up right. from the middle and it doesn't have a clue what's going on but you swipe up from the bottom and it will recognize your gesture but only when you let go so like you don't get the home indicator move with your finger so i think they for battery life reasons i think they just run at all the sensors in a really reduced you know lower frequency state basically
0: Right, right. And they did that for the watch initially, too. They eventually changed on that, which was wonderful. I mean, being able to... The disconnect there was you could see your activity complication, but you tap it and it would just turn the watch face on. You know, if it's dim and you tap it, it launches the app. You signal your intent by touching the thing and then it goes to the app. So if they can bring that to the phone, the another difference there, though, is that the watch, as long as it's on your body, is unlocked. So there is that you're just ready to go mode where on the phone there is the line it up with your face in some way to unlock it mode or passcode. Um, but I think it's, I think I would, I still want to try that and see if it's, if it's, if it's, if, it's, if it fixes kind of this, the slow feeling of, of that always on display brought, which seems to just be, I mean, I would just imagine that when when you say it feels slow, it's not actually slower. It's just you, when you see it, you, re- you expect it to be ready and it's not.
1: I totally so, I get what I, you're saying.
0: Yeah, cool. That's great. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, what have you got? WatchOS nine point two.
1: Yeah, a new the, feature there. Uh, there's a little feature addition here. They previewed this at the September event with the Apple Watch Ultra. Um, and basically now the WatchOS will do will detect your route. So if you do a common route regularly when you're doing an outdoor run or a cycle workout, and uh, the watch will suggest it to you. And then when you go back to that place the next time, it'll say you can choose to race against your last or best times. So it just gives you a little um, progress bar as you're doing your workout and it will tell you like how close you are far away from the best time you did on that on that route that you do. So I think it's a nice little feature. You do a lot about door running. It would basically just remember your route and tell you that, oh, now you're doing five minutes faster than you normally do or you're five minutes slow or whatever and speed up a little bit. So another yeah. nice little addition to watchOS and this also dovetails into the um, the track detection feature. So they're gonna i believe this is coming nine point two as well but it might not be activating beta three but it's similar to race routes in set in that the watch will automatically know if you go to a racetrack so they have like a database of racetracks in america or gyms or you know big areas like that and so you get that and it will immediately know your route it will know the distance and everything and you can just press one tap and start start it'll your ask
0: out. you which lane you're in so it knows that it's a that it's a it's a it's a it's a route that is a track but it doesn't know as precise to which lane you're in and that defines the distance of the the track so if it knows there's three lanes you say i'm in lane two and then it knows okay this completion is this distance so um so the smart is in detecting that it's a track and then you tell it which lane which is pretty good i mean both of these features put the smart in the smartwatch and the workout app on watch 9 already is just a major upgrade compared to previous years and then these two feature additions that didn't launch in watch 9 will make it even better
1: yep Happy Hour is also sponsored this week by ZocDoc. Before you book somewhere to eat for dinner, surely you pour over lists and lists and reviews to find what's best. So why not do the same when you're booking a doctor's appointment? With ZocDoc, you can see real verified patient reviews to help find the right doctor in your network and in your neighbourhood. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance and are available when you need them. Go to ZocDoc.com to get the app for free. ZocDoc has thousands of providers listed in one app. You can find every type of specialist, whether you're trying to straighten your teeth, fix a nicky back, get that mole checked out, or anything else, ZocDoc has got you covered. And the app is super simple to use, search, find, and book doctors in just a few taps. You can instantly read up on doctors in your area and see what real humans had to say about their visit, With verified patient reviews just go to zocdoc.com choose a time slot and select whether you want to see the doctor in person or via a video visit so now when you walk into that doctor's office you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you every month millions of people are using zocdoc it's the go-to place whenever you need to find and book a quality doctor so go to zocdoc.com happy hour and download the zocdoc app for free then start your search for a top rated doctor today many are available within 24 hours once again that's zocdoc.com slash happy hour com slash happy hour thanks to zocdoc for sponsoring the show
0: and next up is the uh weekly ARVR headset update as what's, we get closer
1: what's... to it actually being real <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so there was some confusion in the past week at least from some sites that are not as reputable as 95 mac let's say that actually got quite a bit of play on reddit and stuff <laughs> so i thought i'd address okay. this quickly here there was a Analyst comment that said basically Apple's AR glasses have been delayed to 2025, 2026. Now, as we know, Apple is working on multiple AR and VR hardware projects, right? The thing coming out next year, which isn't delayed, it's definitely coming out, or it's very, you know, there's nothing so far that's saying it's not coming out next year, is the kind of mixed reality big headset, the thing that looks like a MetaQuest Pro, you know, big and bulky, gonna be expensive, $2,000, $3,000 super high resolution displays a bazillion cameras and powered by a m2 chip all that stuff that's still on the cards what the analyst was referring to is the much more ethereal glasses project which is the idea that apple's also working on a pair of like actual like reading spectacle kind of things that are thin and light and they sit on your face and they give you some or many reality experiences quos talked about them before as a you know further down the line kind of thing he, I think he previously said like 2024, 2025 kind of time frame, but we know that's kind of loosey-goosey and can get delayed and pushed around. That analyst from this week was specifically talking about that hardware project that's been, quote, delayed to the 2026 time frame, at least in his understanding. So gotcha. people can chill out. The AR glasses <laughs> may sound similar to the AR headset, but it's the different product. The headset product is still on track as far as we know. So headset mixed reality. Glasses all ar and the glasses project is probably the thing that is more mass consumer right because that's... mass consumer it's, it's
0: harder to do because it's a, it's a very much a miniaturization of the the headset which you know, have you seen the reviews for the new meta quest pro yeah i've had a look at a few of them yeah yeah what do you think what, what are people saying
1: um people say it's like decent but Who's going to pay for it? You know, like, yeah, yeah. And what That's... what are you going to use it for? Like, yes, it's better at tracking the world and can overlay with the pass through camera system, which again is what the Apple headset's going to use pretty yeah. well. But the Horizons experience, the you know their metaverse equivalent, is terrible. Enterprise use cases seem limited. Consumer use cases seem even more limited. You you know the battery doesn't last super long. What are you going to do with it practically? And it costs fifteen hundred dollars yeah which that's what the question of is apple going to do this better
0: like <laughs> you know if, if they're actually you know if they're on track to release this by by march april of next year um will they have a this a similar reaction or will they have
1: nailed things that that facebook clash meta hasn't been able to yet yeah i'm not sure like i'm not confident that it's going to be that different like i'm sure it will be more technically superior because it's going to cost more and apple's also just better at hardware than facebook because let's be real uh so they'll have a system which has r- higher resolution displays bigger field of view better graphics rendering like technically it's going to tickle the boxes we know it's going to be based off an m2 chip which is very powerful it can run pretty pretty good games and um, the that resident evil game came out like a week ago on the mac right it runs at pretty good frame rates on the m2 chip and you can imagine having that in your in your in your headset too uh so i think tech from a was Perspective, it'll beat out the MetaQuest Pro in every single regard. But I don't, I, I don't have the vision, or, what a pun, <laughs> or the foresight to see how, in a consumer sense, it's going to be any more appealing than the MetaQuest Pro because it's still going to be super expensive and there's not going to be enough use cases to support that price. Like yeah. this thing is going to be more expensive than buying an iPhone 14 Pro Max outright, guaranteed. And it's yeah. going to have a tenth of the utility, maybe a hundredth of the utility. You know. Yeah. S- sometimes the perk of an Apple version of something
0: though, is that it's got access into the Apple ecosystem that they've, they've put into it that others have not or cannot like the HomePod, for example, was like that. If you didn't use HomeKit or Apple music, the HomePod was a lot less appealing than if you used HomeKit and Apple music. Um, in this case, you know, is, is, is there a big catalog of Apple arcade games that are available at launch? Is there, um, an Apple TV plus experience that's more compelling is there content made just for that? Um, is, Here's is there... what I'd say
1: about that side of things, right? People are having enough trouble feeling like they want to get those services on their iPhone and their iPad. <laughs> yeah, but this could be an enhanced version of those. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm this sure could be cool. This, yeah, I and see like, what you mean, they, They'll probably do a Ted Lasso, like, AR experience or something, and you can run around the football pitch and have fun and be like, "Whoa, this is great. Or you, the, There was that report that they're working with Jon Favreau for Pre-Stroke Planet, you know? A yeah. content and prehistoric planet is a great tv series like it's a cool incredible documentary incredible cgi and you can imagine how they could do a pretty good dinosaur experience in the headset too but that doesn't support a purchase of that's going to be two grand or three grand it's just it's just unrealistic so like it could be the best imagine it does everything it can replace your laptop it's it's a bit like folding phones right folding phones are pretty cool i right? you know the, the, at least the idea and some of the implementation is a bit wonky but in general they're pretty cool but they're still so expensive that they're very low you know, very low quantities of sales. Um, and Apple will probably do a phone fold phone fold eventually. Maybe when the price comes a bit more, or they'll do one that's super expensive. And it probably won't be as popular as the one they sell for a thousand or nine hundred dollars. And I think the headset is just that problem extrapolated out. Like, I love the MacBook Pro M1 Max, but because it's so expensive, it's not a very big volume for them in the scheme of things. That's why the MacBook Air is so so much more so much more sold. And the headset is that kind of equivalency in price, but also I think in functionality, it's worse. Because it's big, it's bulky, it's going to have a short battery life comparatively. You're going to, own, you know, it's it's not going to be a thin pair of lightweight glasses, like may or may not materialise in 2026. Is going to be a big thing that you're mostly going to want to use at home, and the app ecosystem right now is zero. The app ecosystem on the Meta side has been existing for a long time, like before it was Meta, it was Oculus, right? They just they just acquired that ecosystem. It's been five, six, seven years. Nobody really has shown viable use cases for the headset apart from like beat saber which is a cool game but you're not going to buy a whole headset just because of that and there's been some cool fitness activity kind of stuff but the 99 percent of the world do not care one iota about doing that stuff they can just do it with video on youtube or with apple fitness plus or anything like that right. and similar
0: to consoles uh, say playstation's on their second version of, of vr but uh I, I say that it's always going to be a, a smaller group than the, than the main pool but i don't think that that vr has exploded on consoles either with even with first-party VR headsets
1: yeah and I'm sure Apple's gonna kind of evangelize to developers with the idea that look you can make some AR and virtual reality content that you can also play on your phone or your iPad by holding it up and then you can also use that same thing on the headset using the same frameworks etc etc but the the developer story there is tough because doing AR stuff on the iPhone and iPad is not very satisfying it's not very fun the phone gets hot the battery life's short and you're just looking through a little portal window. Like obviously, if you do get if if everybody in the world could just be gifted an Apple headset for free, <laughs> yeah. it would be great. Like it would have a huge ecosystem. It would sure. you know, it would have a lot more adoption. But even if you just imagine the 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 perfect hardware, but it's gonna be two thousand, three thousand dollars, it's gonna be years before that price comes down to a point where it's actually mass mass adoption. Like at two two to three grand, I have Heavy reservations about even being close to buying it, you know, like it's yeah, it's a super expensive thing that I don't think is going to be as useful as an iPhone or iPad is. And I have enough problem trying to justify buying an iPad, let alone a three grand headset, you know. So, I don't think it, in short the reception to the MetaQuest pro i'm expecting (laughs) something very similar to the apple to the apple headset and i hope apple understands that and i hope when they announce it they're going to position it as a developer thing or the first generation or a tech demo if they want to call it i think the best thing they could do with this product is position it just like the pro display xdr pro display xdr high price low volume but people don't feel like it's a failure but right that's just what the product is and so they have to position the headset in that same kind of frame in that same kind of limelight and it's going to be weird because, you know, it's a big category for them, AR and VR stuff, but the first generation is not going to be... I don't think it's going to be one-fifth as popular as the Apple Watch was when the first Apple Watch came out in 2015, you know? Like, it's a super niche product, and that's just how they're going to have to start. They have to start somewhere with this thing. If they wait till they've got something that can actually be adopted by the mass market, it would be, like, 10 years in the future, and that's just untenable. Uh, with the competition that's out there, you know, the... The MetaQuest thing will eventually come down a bit more and be somewhat appealing and people will start buying it in smaller quantities. I think it's probably unrealistic for Apple to wait as long as they need to, to come out with a product that's like, you know, your family would buy, just like an Apple Watch was immediately compelling.
0: By then, the ecosystem that you'd need, the buy-in on all sides that aren't consumer side, it could be way too
1: late. Yeah. As a, as, as a building, as a platform. And I do so, think there's a real a real truth in... You can't make it better until you've shipped something. And it just so happened that when they did the iPhone and the iPad and the Apple Watch, technology, the, the cross-section of when they needed to enter the market and the technology available was much closer and much more aligned to a consumer product. And I think the, the, the long-term future of AR and VR is a good thing to, to head towards. It's clearly got possibilities. Like if you can imagine a headset that's cheap, that can do everything, I think there's compelling cases there, but that's not the reality in 2022 it's not going to be the reality in 2023 probably not going to be the reality for 2024 or 2025 either but they have to start somewhere and so i think they're going to come onto the market with a product that is as niche as the pro display xdr is for people that are buying displays you know yeah so i guess in summary for me it's uh a few things it it's it's
0: you know more more on that thought of will there be because it's the apple version not just because it has an apple logo but it has access to apple's um software and and feature set that you wouldn't have on a on a meta product will that be compelling um you mentioned you know in in your premises your premise of if everyone gets uh a free one that would help adoption Um uh, i had a thought which is of course it would but even if you do like i wonder if everybody was gifted a free apple headset Part of the part of the challenge is still convincing people that not just to buy it for three grand,
1: but to put it on and use and it. Use it, yeah. If you gave it yeah. one, one for free, how many people would still be using it three months later? Yeah, and then lastly, I uh, I know
0: from my thirty six hours of using the what, is it called Quest Go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, using the, the Meta Quest Go, that they have Netflix and a web browser, and I. I'm going to predict that the Apple headset will not have Netflix <laughs> and it will not have a web browser. Ooh, it won't have a web browser. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's my prediction. For that's a good one. <laughs> and that's another, you know, cause part of the difference of you, you, it is the Apple version. So you get Apple music and HomeKit support and Siri with the HomePod, but you don't get Spotify, um, you know, for the first several years. And even now it's a, i, I, I kind of consider that you don't have spotify there doing
1: spotify on the HomePod,
0: <laughs> right exactly so I, I think that same comparison can be made for the headset and and you know meta meta versus apple in that situation where um e- even if netflix made a, a weird app that gives you a fake fireplace your your ski lodge and aspen as as you know and then the content's just the normal size you're watching it on a virtual tv uh, even though that's super weird to me that there just won't be any version of it for the the Apple headset, unless it's like the thing runs iOS apps <laughs> and not even in the way that the Mac can run iOS apps from the iPad if the developer allows them to work that way. So uh, for, I guess for those reasons, that's more interesting to, to look at. And yeah, I mean, I can't it, but, wait yeah. to see
1: it and find out what exactly what it is and, and see how they you know thing yet but i'm not confident it being a consumer product because i just don't think it's going to be that
0: yeah uh other f- other future looking products from apple uh there's there's a note i guess from ming chi quo on iphone 14 excuse me iphone 15 pro and um kind of building on the the knowledge that the next family of iphones will have a USB-C port instead of uh, a lightning port for a myriad of reasons um it, this is I I'd say expected, but the uh prediction from Quo is that the iPhone 15 Pro uh range will have Thunderbolt three uh and that the non-pro versions will uh have USB C speeds on the iPhone. Uh USB 15 two yeah. USB two, two speeds apologies, yeah. Which is so, the same as now. What you right, port. Yeah. Right. Which is like changing the um non-thunderbolt iPads. And I think that the cheaper iPad or the, the $450 iPad, iPad 10, has even slower USB-C performance but, yep. or you know, speeds. But and the, this is right in what in line with what you would expect. So yeah, no, no big surprise there. I, I guess quote did kind of angle it as like um, USB-C two speeds with, on, on Android headsets is the standard. Yeah, I don't think you're going to
1: get many Thunderbolt port Android phones at the moment. Yeah, That would be a a pro advantage of the iPhone range. And his analysis
0: included that this will be used for moving large files back and forth. Really? Like comes off the iPhone. Wow. You know, you look at the iPhone 12 and you're like, I wish I could move this
1: large video off my phone. (laughs) This will do that. Cool. If you're shooting raw or or ProRes, now you actually have a way to get it off in a reasonable amount of time. So yeah, nothing crazily... Um, unexpected here but this is like the first time i think we've seen a reliable source i.e quo yeah. say that the pro range will be getting thunderbolt speeds not just a usb c port there you go uh, w- will i care no but that like, it'll be there if you're doing if you apple loves talking about their pro Res and their raw photography stuff and it was really straining them to be like yeah but you can't actually get off the phone uh without- yeah
0: i mean when i when i recorded the multi-hour slow motion video of a rocket launch then you know took it, i think i had to use airdrop or something it was not you know it's the not truth you, is, deal.
1: you know those iphone movies they show where it's like shot on iphone this whole film those hollywood films the way they get around the the, the slow transfer speed problem they have like 30 phones on rotation that they, they they record on one phone in 4k it fills up they just get another phone and carry on shooting and then it's up to some you know intern to sit there for five hours while they get all the data off but obviously, that's untenable for a, a, a real pro offering. So getting a Thunderbolt port on there is a good upgrade. Finally this week, this episode of Happy Hour is brought to you by Adagy. Adagy helps you do more than just manage your Apple devices. Adagy is the only fully cloud-based, multi-tenant Apple MDM platform designed for scale. Adagy gives you the features, functionality, and flexibility that you need to customize and manage your Apple devices however you want. So you can ensure your Apple infrastructure is optimized to best support your environment and help your team be as productive as possible every day. Adegy helps you ensure every Apple device, Macs, iPhones, iPads and more, are secure, supported and ready to scale with features like zero touch deployment, real-time device monitoring, self-service capabilities and streamlined software update management. And Adegy has award-winning support. When you partner with Adegy, you're getting white glove support from a team of experts who live, eat and breathe Apple. Adegy isn't a cookie cutter MDM solution. They are dedicated to helping you secure and scale your Apple environment. If that sounds good, let's get to work. Guarantee your Apple success with Adegy. Visit adegy.com/95mac for a fast, free, and easy 14-day trial. Being proactive doesn't have to be a pain. Start your trial and learn why more than 4000 companies use Adegy to remotely manage their Apple devices. That's adegy.com/95mac dot com slash 9to5mac. Thanks to Adergy for sponsoring the show.
0: Benjamin Mayo, the great marketing mind of the 21st century, I'd argue of the 22nd century as well. Just forward-looking statement. What, <laughs> would, you, what would you name uh, a season-long um, soccer service that uh, you have a pass to on a video?
1: Hmm, I think you call it Season Pass. Season Pass? That's pretty good. Yeah, season MLS pass. Season Pass.
0: Major League Soccer. I mean, not going to lie,
1: you know what Apple's like with naming? I thought yeah. they were going to come up with something way more wacky than this. So when they told me this is the name, I was like, that's actually pretty good. Well done. <laughs> season pass. Yeah. They could have called it MLS on Apple plus something yeah. service. Like they could have gone crazy with it. But they yeah. went for the obvious. MLS season pass is a good name. It sums up what you're getting. You're getting the entire season of MLS games for one price. And the news this week is partly the name and the branding but also the pricing because before when they announced the deal in june they didn't tell you how much it was going to cost they just said that no more details about the mls subscription service would be coming and here we are so mls is mls season pass is 14.99 per month or 12.99 per month if you have apple tv plus you get a discount and similarly you can get a whole season for either 99 dollars or 79 dollars if you've got tv plus um a season doesn't run for a whole year it runs for about 10 months of the year so that's why like there's much of a, there's much of a discrepancy between the per season number and the per month prices but still you're getting a you know a couple of months free if you buy all in, all in one go and remember this is every major league soccer game every league cup game most of the mls next and pro leagues uh, no blackouts no regional restrictions if there are games being shown on broadcast or cable networks, they'll also be on the Apple TV service. So literally it is the entire season. It's not some like weird thing where you're only getting a fragment. So in that regard, I think it's a really cool offering. It's basically groundbreaking for a major sport to have a subscription service where you can get everything in one place with no blackouts or restrictions. It's also available internationally. It's not just the US. Um it launches in February because the first MLS match of the new season starts on February 25th. So you can buy your season pass beginning February 1st. I will say I was expecting it to be a bit cheaper. To, to,
0: right, because it's, it's not NFL, it's not baseball. And as an entry price, the first time they're going around, you might want to grab a big audience. And this is, it's the not, price. It, yeah, the, it's, the price is reflective of, of fans, but not
1: on the fence fans or brand new to soccer uh, uh, viewers. Because my say. problem with the price is that if you're going to watch every single game and there's like, you know, 15 games a week or whatever, then $79, $19 a season, it's like, well, that's okay. But most people are only going to wa- want to watch the games from their own team, I'd feel like. And if you only watch the games from your own team, that's like, you know, one or two games a week. So the value is immediately a lot lower. And if you look at what was available in like this past season, ESPN Plus cost about $14, ten ten dollars $10 a month, around that price. And you got not every MLS game, but you got, you know, 60 50 percent not your local games but you'd get you know some some percentage of games like a decent amount and you and the plus also includes loads of games from other sports it's not just mls so you know price per game is a lot better on those other on those other platforms this is the 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 mls season pass is basically priced the same as an nba season pass but the big cat gotcha that the nba still has blackout restrictions and stuff so the mls is you know every game but the reality is mls is nowhere near as popular as the nba is
0: yeah, as we discussed last week, NBA League Pass. Yes, NBA League where Pass. Where you can save a dollar a month on, on only following one team versus the entire league. With NFL, uh, you know, I, I've got my my favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, but I also watch the games of their competitors within their conference. So, you know, their ranking within their conference to lead the playoffs, which won't happen this year um, because they're not that great this year. Um, you know, it... I watch to see the Falcons lose or the Panthers lose. And so, or, or Tampa Bay lose so that the saints bad season is actually, they could be first or second place in, in their, in their conference. And then they can go to the playoffs and, you know, have a, have a better year. Um, so, th- so there is reason to watch like other games in that with soccer. You know, I have, I've got no exposure to soccer, so I don't know if that's even a structure that makes sense. Um, I don't even know how soccer structured is. its it, is it like, like I know. This all I know about soccer. There's an upcoming event that I see advertised, which is the uh, the World FIFA Cup. World Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in Qatar. Uh, and I see it's by country. Is that is soccer by country? Is it by? I That's know there's the World a, Cup. The World Cup's by country. Okay, so MLS is MLS. MLS is by U... state
1: because it's American. MLS is, is is It's just the U.S. Yeah, it's just U.S. Yeah, Major League Soccer U.S. Because the okay. English English football has like the Premier League and stuff. So yeah.
0: Okay. Well, anybody out of the
1: US? Does anybody in the UK that like soccer like care about MLS? I haven't found one. oh okay. i'm Not saying they cool. don't exist, but yeah. They they it's certainly not like like we care about the Premier League for instance, not. Right. Okay. But okay. And so yeah. that's a question mark. They only told me the US prices. Is it is it going to be the equivalent currency price in the UK where people care about the MLS a lot less? Surely not, right? Like because i can't see anybody paying 15 pound a month for the mls over here so because what happens is like generally the domestic sports are more expensive domestically so in our country watching football like the premier league costs a lot of money it costs the same kind of pricing as sunday t- as nfl sunday ticket right uh-huh. but you go to america and paramount plus has most of the english premier league included at no extra charge at all so yeah just in the paramount plus subscription price which is less than what the mls season pass will be by the way you get premier league included um and so if you're looking at that as a comparable i think a lot of people were kind of expecting that the price you know add on from tv pass would be a couple of dollars if that so i do think it's quite expensive i was expecting it to be like ten dollars a month this is the inflation price <laughs> yeah, yeah really yeah um, just fifteen dollars a month seems high and I don't know if they plan on doing like maybe an MLS team pass. So you could only get a cheaper rate just to see your team Probably maybe not. or something. But they didn't announce any of that. They certainly seem to be launching this season with just the season pass. And so I think it's expensive. I assume just like the rest of TV+, Plus, Apple won't be announcing subscriber numbers. But I have some doubt that this is going to be super popular. Which I thought was not going to be their strategy. I thought they were going to go in much more aggressively on price to get a lot of adoption. Um, because been saving- try to popularize the sport exactly yeah Uh, yeah, and then get the money in the later years of the deal because remember this is a 10-year deal
0: right exactly yeah uh now i I do know that orlando from my time living there that they have a women's soccer team orlando city and they've always got a cool space connection they're very involved with like space events there um mls is that men and women is it interchange is it what's the divide
1: i I don't i couldn't tell you that okay i don't because i you know (laughs) i think it's men only i could be men
0: is it men only okay wow
1: I'm going to find out before
0: next week. I'm, I want, I'm curious who knows in the audience and who, like me, would have to look it up.
1: <laughs> if you're listening and you want to pay $15 a month, please tweet at me.
0: There we go. Yeah. Uh, and then last oh, So, one thing before. I will say. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: Apple TV Plus, if you only subscribe to Apple TV Plus, you'll be able to watch some percentage of games. Oh, okay. And so even, if even you less about anything, they will have a handful of games for free. Okay. But they wouldn't tell me what proportion will be available on the free tiers so there's been yeah. reporting that as many as 40 percent of games will be available to have apple tv plus subscribers yeah because um, this was by the athletic they had like an inside scoop thing where they supposedly had like a slide deck of the mls plans and basically all the games that are going to be shown on you know like fox or espn or you know the, the broadcast networks uh, will also be available to apple tv plus subscribers without paying okay. for the full season pass uh, but if you want every game you need the season pass
0: Okay. Okay. I wonder if there's some some internal like like pricing that they didn't like how the NFL they can't really price it below a certain point, um, if that's a factor at all. Um, well, in the
1: MLS case, yeah, because there's no the, the whole point of them they 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 took away all of their deals to end to expire at the end of last season, so they could do a comprehensive deal sure, with okay. the streamer, so and that's why no, they can offer every no blackouts. So I can't imagine yeah. there's like a pricing thing because the cable networks have no deal at all at the moment. Apple unless it's a pricing thing with the league itself uh, maybe but i i feel like the mls would would prefer if apple would just charge it less money do you know or team owner like yeah yeah yes, I, I, I agree I, I don't know we'll see i mean the, from the mls's side they get 250 million dollars per year guaranteed and then if they hit some goals in terms of subscriber numbers they also get bonuses but we don't know what those those levels are and if yeah, you're a season okay. ticket holder so you have a season ticket to any of the stadiums over the entire country you get uh, season pass for free. That's that's very cool. That's nice. But then that's uh, also thinking yeah. like if you subtract everybody with a season ticket, how many people this are the, the dedicated fans left who actually those are the ultra fans. I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it needs to be an, it needs to be an uber fan who doesn't live in in range of a of a stadium or only goes to the home games or something. I don't know. The uh y- you also got a look at the we knew that the uniforms would have Apple branding of some kind. You got the first look at those, I believe. What can you describe? the Apple, Apple TV logo
1: on the sleeve, so it's the Apple logo plus TV next to it. Yep. TV. Is yeah, it, is there a plus sign? There's not a plus sign because this isn't okay. tied to TV Plus necessarily. Well, okay. And Except every single channel. every single kit from every single team, which I think there's 29 teams, um, have, will have an Apple TV logo on the sleeve. <laughs> they said each team okay. have a different color, but I don't know how they're going to fit 29 colors in there. But, um, we'll yeah for for a decade no well, at for least for a decade yeah.
0: that's, that's that's interesting and then last thing on this before we go on, and i think that you were the only one that got this story uh which i think is because you're both the the apple tv um plus guru and then also knowledge of soccer although we're we're testing the limits right now vaguely um, yeah, vague, yeah. <laughs> vague <laughs> knowledge yeah. of football. yeah, yeah. is a, a pre- pretty good pick though i'd say for for who does who to give this to but um I saw, I saw someone ask you on Twitter, how does this price compare to prior to this deal? And in short, this didn't exist before, like, like Friday Night Baseball didn't exist for MLB. Um, yeah, because there hasn't been a package tro- that
1: has no blackouts before. Right, right, yeah. yeah. So you can look cool. compare to something like ESPN+, Plus, which had you know, 60% of all games and not local market for $10 a month. They, MLS did have a thing called, I think it was called Direct Kick, and that was $89 a season but again, it didn't have all games in it. So. But I would also say, I don't think MLS Direct Kick was very popular. So, you know, not using that so, as a great benchmark in terms of trying to find a subscription product that people are going to yeah. you know, come to in droves. So
0: so, we, so in short, we cannot compare the price, but we can compare uh, Direct Kick to Season Pass as a name. And I like Season Pass better. That's, yeah, Season Pass. Direct is Kick is kind of cheesy. Yeah. And then lastly in TV Plus Land, there is uh, the, the trailer for the Will Smith film Emancipation. You can see the, tra- the full trailer is out now. The movie comes out in December, right? Yeah, December
1: 9th it's streaming on TV+.
0: Is it streaming only or theatrical as uh, well? There's a
1: limited theatrical run a week before, but that's like, you know, a few theatres to get awards at eligibility. It won't be like a mass cinema. Well,
0: have, have they done a mass cinema thing? I think, it, you mm. know, like when I, when they, I saw The, the Banker, I was in a was bigger Clueda. city. The closest they got
1: was After it got nominated for Best Picture, they gave it a bigger run in theatres. But it, I still wouldn't put it see, mass. Yeah. yeah, they right. they are supposedly doing mass cinema distribution, starting with films next year, probably including the Martin Scorsese one, and of course the Brad right. Pitt, um George Clooney film will also have a mass cinema distribution because that was part of the deal of getting the deal was that Clooney is and Pitt that... wanted a cinema release. Is that the Formula One subject film? No, there's a the form... no. there, there is a Formula One Brad Pitt movie. But there's also okay. a separate movie with George Clooney and Brad Pitt. All right, okay, yeah. Look, Apple's well, got mo- enough money to give them multi, you know, multi hyphenate films. So there you go.
0: Yeah, well, I, I tell you what. Whenever I asked in the end of last week's episode what we would talk about uh, this week, I did not predict that it would be uh, a change to AirDrop. Uh, at the iPhone uh, 14 Pro having Android mode for the Always On Face. <laughs> all, the, all, all the VR stuff that we talked about,
1: uh, and all of the soccer stuff. So and football. Yeah. yeah, I'm not but anyway sure. emancipation. <laughs> yeah, obviously it's quagmired by the Will Smith controversy problem. But I watched the trailer. The trailer is pretty cool. So the film looks pretty good. I don't know how it's going to do in the award season. People are probably not going to vote for it because I wouldn't if I was in the academy. But maybe <laughs> audiences will like it.
0: Mm, okay. All right. Well, I, I, like I said, we covered a lot of ground this week that's the, the podcast for the week. Uh, if you uh, have any feedback for the show, you can email Benjamin and I together at happy hour at nine five Mac.com. Uh, if you enjoy the show, if you're a new listener, please follow the show. Uh, if you're an old listener, thanks for sticking around all this time. And um, share the, share the podcast with a friend. We really appreciate it. If, if you do that, uh, you can subscribe in the Apple podcast app for $5 a month or $50 per year to get the ad free version. And uh, you can follow Benjamin Mayo on Twitter at
1: bzmayo,
0: and you can follow me on Twitter at. Uh, here, here's my update. Here's my update. Uh, you know, my my, my handle is A-P-O-L-L-O-Z-A-C. Um, as some people know, that account has been in um, purgatory. I've received an email this week that says my account is unsuspended and, and to, to log in you know and to let them know if there's ever an issue again and they apologize cool the thing is like i tried to do that and it's, i'm still in this loop of login it asked me to find the account I, I type in the account name and it goes back to the home page so so in the meantime i'm at o-m-f-g-z-a-c on twitter and we'll be back next week bye everybody bye-bye